is here. Now, broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. We have a president who told the American public in October that he's never spoken to his family about any of the business. He said no one in the family had ever gotten money from China. Well, now that is proven. Yeah, the walls, they are closing in on the Biden crime family. They are. Slowly but surely, those walls are closing in on the Biden crime family. And during the course of tonight's show, we're going to go piece by piece in depicting how those walls progressively over time have been closing in on the Biden crime family. And lest we forget, good old Hunter actually has his day to officially plea tomorrow. Question is, will his sweetheart plea deal be accepted by the judge? Not holding my breath that the judge will do the right thing and reject that plea deal. One of the questions that remains, you know how much old Joe just loves his son Hunter, right? Just so much love there in that family. You think that uh, old dad will be there in the courtroom with Hunter tomorrow? How about the good Dr. Jill? You think she's going to be on hand? Anyway, we're going to talk about these walls closing in on the Biden crime family and I am Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. I host the Brian Mudd Show, WJNO in West Palm Beach. You can check out the Brian Mudd Show podcast wherever you get your podcast. Check out my blog daily as well, the Brian Mudd Show. And you can catch me at Brian Mudd Radio anywhere there is social media on every social platform these days at Brian Mudd Radio. All right, so let's talk about these walls slowly closing in here. Yeah, so what has dozens of shell companies used to funnel tens of millions of dollars from at least three corrupt foreign business interests? Well, that would be the the Biden crime family, of course. And we know about these shell companies and those corrupt foreign actors and those untold millions of illicitly obtained dollars for a few reasons. First, we we just kind of like have eyes and ears, right? Because... Independent of like the shell companies for a moment, all you have ever needed to know, all you've ever needed to do to understand that something has been seriously off involving the Bidens is just to observe that Joe's son goes from being a degenerate crackhead with crack whores to a degenerate crackhead with crack whores who suddenly and miraculously became what? An international energy mogul, one who landed a job on the board of a corrupt Ukrainian energy company and subsequently with a Chinese communist controlled energy company. Again, those facts were already known. It was also known that as vice president, Joe Biden demanded the firing of a Ukrainian prosecutor investigating Burisma. After all, Joe publicly bragged about doing it. We also know that the crackhead with crack whores turned international energy mogul then somewhat miraculously became 
what? Uh, oh, that's right. A world-renowned artist that collectors suddenly felt compelled to throw millions of dollars at. And purchasing his instantly legendary works. Now, seriously, stop and think about this for a minute. We actually did know all of that without any whistleblowers, without any investigations, without any other intel other than simply being informed humans paying attention to what was ha- what has happened with our current president, former vice president, and his son. That's all you've had to do, this side of the, the shell companies, to know all that stuff happened. Crazy, right? But the reason we now know about things like the shell companies, corrupt Romanian business interests, that's newer information, along with presidential appointments for art sales, well, that's due to what we've learned through investigations. Yeah, speaking of which, what now includes two IRS whistleblowers, an FBI whistleblower, an art dealer informant, a former business associate of a crackhead son of the current president, revealing details of how corruption was carried out? Oh, right, that, that would be the, the Biden crime family as well, of course. So last week's revealing details from the testimony of the IRS whistleblowers before the House Oversight Committee. Well, that was significant for helping fill in a lot of the blanks for how the Biden crime family operated. So, too, was the FBI 1023 form established by a, quote, highly credible FBI confidential human source publicly released by Senator Chuck Grassley. But that was last week. This week, there's already been more, starting with Insider's expose. By the way, Insider is the former business insider. They, sometime in the not-so-distant past, ended up just going from business insider to insider because things somewhere along the way, they're like, yeah, we don't really do much with business anymore. But anyway, Insider now has an expose on Hunter Biden's art deals. And here's the shock. Real shock to you. Turns out that all of that crack may not have actually turned Hunter Biden into like a, a modern day Rembrandt. No, it, it really might not have been that the, the crack made him the second coming. Uh, citing the Insider article. So I'm quoting here from the, the expose and Insider. In 2021, when a New York art gallery debuted Hunter Biden's paintings with asking prices as high as $500,000, well, the White House said that Hunter Biden's team had a process for carefully vetting buyers and that their identities were known only to the gallery and, and not to Hunter Biden himself. Neither of those things has turned out to be the case. Huh, imagine that. Hunter Biden did, in fact, learn the identity of two buyers, according to three people directly familiar with Hunter Biden's own account of his art career. And one of those buyers is indeed someone who got a favor from the Biden White House. Gee, imagine that one as well. That buyer, Insider Can Reveal, is Elizabeth Hirsch Naftali, a Los Angeles real estate investor and Philanthropist Hirsch Naftali 
is influential in California Democratic circles and is a significant Democratic donor who was given to the Biden campaign and to the Democratic National Campaign Committee this year. In 2022, she hosted a fundraiser headlined by Vice President Kamala Harris. In July 2022, eight months after Hunter Biden's first art opening, Joe Biden announced Hirsch Naftali's appointment to the Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad. It is unclear whether Hirsch's purchase of Hunter Biden's artwork occurred before or after that appointment. Well, hmm. Okay, so now we have three sources involved with the selling of the high-priced Hunter Biden masterpieces stating the Biden slide and that a buyer of the art is now a presidential appointee. Shut the front door. So what did the White House have to say when when Insider reached out for comment? Well, they said Hunter Biden is a private citizen who is entitled to have his own career as an artist. We are not involved in his art sales. And any buyers of his art are not disclosed to the White House. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. So Hunter Biden is entitled to have his career as a, let's see, a Ukrainian and Chinese energy expert. Yeah. He's entitled to have his career as a Romanian, what would you call it? Um, financial advisor, financial consultant, something like that. He's also entitled to have his art career. Yes, all things he's entitled to. And naturally, of all of those careers for which he has never had any experience in any of those fields preceding his entrance into them, well, it all led to instant success worth untold millions of dollars each time and in every one of them. And just think, he was even that brilliant, that talented, while incessantly smoking crack. Remember, according to his own biography, he was smoking crack every 15 minutes. And he was still this brilliant, remarkable. So yeah, he can incessantly smoke crack with crack horse and still do all that. What have you done today? You know, just imagine the untapped genius, which must ooze from Hunter Biden's every pore. Actually, I mean, do yourself a favor and don't think about anything ever oozing from Hunter Biden's pores. But anyway, I mean, you know, he, th- this guy is just like, he, he is so great. He's so amazing, so brilliant. The, the cure for cancer must surely be what Hunter discovers next. Incidentally, his uh, his dad was talking about mental health today's big uh, new mental health initiative, which is ironic in so many different ways. I mean, uh, just why why worry about things like that when you can just deploy Hunter and and you you know come up with the the fixes for everything, all medical maladies. He's got it. Uh, speaking of what comes next, that will be Devin Archer's testimony. Yeah, we found out that Devin Archer has dodged the House Oversight Committee. Three times previously. But as the House Oversight Committee continues to do what the corrupt Federal Bureau of Investigation hasn't been doing, you know, like investigating real investigations here, that is turning to Devin Archer, who will now testify to the House Committee. We're told as soon as this Thursday and apparently no later than next Monday. And what will the testimony of the former best friend and 
one-time business associate of Hunter Biden testified to? Well, as reported by the New York Post, Miranda Devine. Well, Devin will speak to both Bidens, Hunter and Joe, attending Hunter's business meetings together. That's fun. Archer, who, like Hunter, is an evidence criminal, has been imprisoned, unlike Hunter, for his role in a $60 million bond fraud scheme. Now, the fact that Archer is a criminal will no doubt be used to impugn his credibility, but then again, isn't Hunter. So once again, let's check the updated scorecard as to the witnesses who've blown the whistle on Biden family corruption. We have three art associates Two IRS special agents, one former FBI special agent, one former business associate, and a partridge in a pear tree. Actually, you know, like, check that. I think the partridge just taken the fifth. But here's the deal. Despite the best efforts of the DOJ, the FBI, the Bidens to bury the evidence, to obstruct justice, and kind of just treat us all like we're idiots, the walls are closing in on the Biden crime family. Especially now that usual allies in the news media like Insider have decided to actually do something like real journalism. As the walls close in around the Bidens, it's possible that more of their allies in news media may feel the need to do their jobs for a change as well as a means of potentially moving the Bidens out of the way in time to get a new preferred candidate in place before it's too late. That means that the window of time between now and this November, not next November, but this November, because that's when ballot deadlines for primary states start coming into play. That is the real key window to watch in this investigative process. It's key for these investigations and what comes next for all involved. I'm Brian Mudd, in for the great one. Mud Lovin'. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 8774-GOLD-IRA. That's 8774-GOLD-IRA. 8774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Well, it's interesting that the Biden family runs, if they say, a company but never had an office and shell companies to be able to pay through. But if they really ran it for foreign countries, why didn't you get money from France, from Germany, from UK? Why does it have? Yeah, just China. Why does it have to be from China? What is it? Why does it have to be from a corrupt Romanian? Why does it have to be from a corrupt Ukrainian? 
and an entity. Why would it always be these weird, corrupt situations? I mean, they, huh? It really boggles the mind. It's a tough thing to to un- unravel, isn't it? Right, mud in for the great one, Mark Levin. And as we talk about the Biden family corruption, providing the open, the overview of where we now stand with some of the updated details today and some of what we can expect to play out in the days to come. I want to dig in a little bit deeper on the coercion, the corruption, and the omission that's been involved for many years in the Biden crime family at this point. So let's talk about coercion here for a bit. Last week was another week with another damning piece of evidence that was revealed in the Biden crime family chronicles. So last week's tale was one of coercion. And it went a little like this. In a land far away, which is now at war with Russia, but in a time not all that long ago, you had this corrupt energy company, which employed on its board of directors, the crackhead son of our then vice president. And one fateful day, the CEO, the CFO, and a confidential human source operating on behalf of the FBI met with the corrupt energy company. They were also there with the former prime minister of Poland, who happened to be a board member of this energy company as well. Oh, and the crackhead son of the vice president of the United States. And at this meeting, what was discussed was the need for the corrupt energy company to be able to buy U.S. assets, which they had been blocked from buying. And as the story goes, the CHS was at a loss for what the role of the crackhead son of the vice president was, to which the confidential human source was told that Hunter Biden had been hired to protect us through his dad, from all kinds of problems. Isn't that fun? But there's so much more to the various stories, which were all told in the FBI's 1023 form, which Senator Trek Grassley disclosed. And the four-page form, it added another wrinkle to the tale that we'll dive into when we get back. Now, also, take some of your calls as well. Love to hear from you, 877-381-3811. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. 8774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. The only show with a warning label, The Liberals. The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. 
you have somebody who went to the FBI, they had a 1023, which is the form they talk about, who says he, this is an informant that the FBI continues to use. They heard that there were payments to bribe, allegedly, the vice president at the time. Wow. All right. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, as he continued to provide commentary today, and he also delivered a message about where this all may end up going. And we're going to talk about that as well throughout the course of the show. I'm Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. And speaking of the great one, something that is an absolute must. His latest book. It'll be out in September. You can pre-order your copy right now. Already the number one bestseller pre-order on Amazon. The Democrat Party hates America. Make sure you get your copy today. Probably heard Mark talk about, too, how you've had stores like Target that have tried to bury it and not carry it. And you got all kinds of shenanigans that are going on. Makes it all that much more important for you. Go ahead and get your copy pre-ordered and make sure that it hits all the bestseller list when that time comes. All right. So as we're talking about the Biden crime family, as the walls continue to close in on it. And we got additional details today about art sales. Nothing terribly surprising, but just added details that provide color to what we already knew wasn't on the up and up. And the funny thing about the Hunter Biden art sales, for example, that wasn't all that long ago. We're just going back a couple of years ago at this point. And we're talking 2021 material, right? So it wasn't as though the corruption only happened when Joe Biden first became vice president, which is when they first began opening some of these shell companies. So much of the focus has been on like the Burisma activity during you know the latter days of Joe Biden's time as vice president of the United States. And make no mistake, it looks like the stakes were really raised and ratcheted up in those windows of, of time. Not just with you know, Burisma, but with China, the corrupt Romanian and, and whatever else that we don't even necessarily know about at this point. But the shell companies were set up pretty much about the time that Joe Biden became vice president. So they had been laying the groundwork for quite some time. And let's be mindful that Hunter Biden himself admitted to uh, doing crack starting at the age of 18. So, I mean, he's always had those kinds of connections. Here's the thing about as we talk about coercion. I was talking about, most recently, the FBI's 1023 form that Senator Chuck Grassley disclosed last week. One of the things it provided was additional detail, kind of like we're learning additional detail now about the Hunter Biden art sales. We got additional detail about the fired Ukrainian prosecutor. There had been rumors about coercion. But it's the first time that we had something that amounted to evidence that there was a twist. Because up to that point, we had known that a Hunter Biden miraculously went from being a crackhead to on the board of a large and corrupt Ukrainian energy company that he was paid millions of dollars to to sit on. And that that be his dad, the vice president, demanded the Ukrainian prosecutor who was investigating the corrupt energy company that is crackhead son worked at that he'd be fired right this is something that joe biden himself bragged about publicly yeah i got that guy fired okay without anything else 
we knew that kind of information. What we didn't necessarily know, though, was the extent of the coercion involved by the Bidens. And that was some of the additional detail that we ended up getting around to. So I will talk more about that here momentarily. But uh, speaking about the art sale in particular and the art sales, uh, Peter in Stewartstown, Pennsylvania, wants to talk about this. Peter, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. You bet. I um, Art sales is the best way to launder money. Period. Because it's a subjective view of what a piece of art is worth. And if you're it, telling me that... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Peter, no, it's a, it's a great point. Because the, the ultimate interpretation is involved, right? What is any piece of art worth? It's worth what somebody is willing to pay for it. I mean, it's true at a, a certain macroeconomic level with anything. Anything is ever worth what somebody is willing to pay for it. But the, you know, the, the market for art, especially... A new artist, which Hunter was. He's a he's not some established artist where you can take a look at sales and track records and go, oh, okay, well, this is, you know, kind of where his material hangs out and the range that you can expect for one of his masterpieces. Now he's new on the scene and, and suddenly, you know, it, his pieces sell for big money. Now, to your point, this is ultimately open to interpretation. So if you want something to where you can float a lot of money and there can be creative interpretation, and as you are suggesting uh, perhaps laundering yeah it would be a highly effective way to do so well i mean if they're not laundering money why are all the purchasers names not open to the public and i would also bet that most of them are from china (laughs) well peter um you know it's an interesting point you make there about the Uh, buyers having been anonymous. So this is one of the interesting dynamics that the insider piece, the expose that came out today, actually, uh, which is a a pretty good read. One of the things they ended up diving into. So the Biden crime family would have you believe that the art sales were anonymous because they wanted to make sure that everything was on the up and up, that they had no knowledge of of where money was coming from. So there could never be even the pretense of of something that would be improper. We, we would never want to be perceived as taking money from the wrong people or from anything that would arrive at, say, a quid pro quo. So we're, we're going to keep it all anonymous. Now, as we did find out, one of the buyers just so happened to be uh, somebody who was appointed a presidential appointment to a post that she wanted by President Biden. Now, isn't that cute? And the insider piece, again, with these three sources now saying that Hunter Biden knew at least two of the buyers of which that presidential appointee was one. Uh, So the first thing is we know that the anonymous buyers, at least in part, We're not really anonymous. And we do actually know that the most prominent one that has been disclosed thus far, based upon, again, this insider piece, isn't actually a a Chinese uh, individual, but is a California Democratic activist, which takes on a whole other kind of wrinkle in the whole pay for play deal. At some level, 
it may not necessarily be laundering as much as it is, hey, here's just some way to rake in some more money. I mean, you got to imagine that Hunter's crack habit wasn't cheap, for example, right? Imagine that whole deal. All right. Uh, Let's go to Scott in Kansas City. Scott, welcome to the show. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. It's Jeff that's in uh, Kansas City, I believe. That is my bad there. Uh, Jeff, welcome to the show. How you doing? Hey, doing How well. How you doing, Brian? Yeah, all good. Um, one thing I'm not understanding is when Joe Biden sat there on that stage and brags about how he got the prosecutor fired in Ukraine, and they said his words, they said, uh, um, you don't have the authority to do that. And he basically said, you want to bet? Call Obama. Oh, you, you bring up a really instructive point there, which is how much plausible deniability at a certain level is there with President Obama? Now, as far as we know, it doesn't appear as though the Obamas ever got anything from this, right? If you go through everything which has been readily known right along, which, for example, without any investigations, you know, Hunter ends up uh, just... Popping up on this board of a corrupt energy company, gets paid millions of dollars, ends up somehow or another involved with Chinese Communist Party controlled energy interests, millions of dollars there. Just the stuff that was public facing. And then Joe Biden himself publicly saying, ha, ha, yeah, and I, I got that Ukrainian prosecutor fired. I'm so powerful to your point. Uh, you know, I, I can get things like that done. And then he says, and, and uh, you know, you, you can ask Obama. The one thing that's interesting is it doesn't look like at this point, there there's anything that's been in it for Barack Obama, which is an interesting dynamic in all of this. Right. And as is well documented and known, it's not exactly as though when Joe Biden wanted to run for president that Barack Obama said, yeah, that's my guy. Right. I mean, he only endorsed him after there were basically no other options on the left. So I, I do think there's something to be said there. And I Simply think that might have even been Joe Biden saying, look, yeah, Barack will back me up on this. And what we do know, the reason that he was able to get the prosecutor fired was what? Well, he had authority over the Ukrainian relationship. So uh, President Obama had delegated responsibilities to Joe Biden for Ukraine, which granted him the authority to go ahead and make decisions on behalf of the administration. Now, independent of something that would directly connect all of this to the Obamas, that would be kind of the the plausible path forward in all of this. But it's also a good opportunity to to kind of pick up on what I was talking about with the coercion here. Let's dive into that just a little bit more. So what we ended up learning after uh, you had then Vice President Joe Biden fire the Ukrainian prosecutor and then subsequent to that, publicly laugh about getting that prosecutor fired. What we've learned more recently through the investigations is that over a billion dollars of foreign aid would have been withheld had the Ukrainian government not fired that prosecutor. But the wrinkle that was added in the disclosure last week was that it wasn't a case of just the Biden's carrying out the firing of the prosecutor 
because Burisma was already basically paying Hunter Biden for protection. The Bidens are said to have demanded even more than usual to carry out that act in particular. And this is where you go directly to the FBI disclosure form. And on that disclosure form, it talks about how shortly after the 2016 U.S. election and during President Trump's transition period, the confidential human source participated in a conference call with Ostapenko and Slavshevsky, which is the CEO of Burisma. And then it says the CHS inquired whether the CEO was happy with the U.S. election results. And the CEO replied that he was not happy that Trump won the election. The source asked the CEO whether he was concerned about Burisma's involvement with the Bidens. And the CEO stated that he didn't want to pay the Bidens and that he was pushed to pay them. He was pushed to pay them. And even used Russian criminal slang for being forced or coerced to pay. And the CEO stated that Shokin, who had been that Ukrainian prosecutor, had already been fired and no investigation was currently going on and that nobody would find out about his financial dealings with the Bidens. And the source then stated, and this is quoted in the FBI's disclosure form, I hope you have some backup proof for your words, namely that you are forced to pay the Bidens. And the CEO replied that he had many text messages and recordings that show he was coerced to make such payments. So this is where we find out that it wasn't just that it was, you know, the whole quid pro quo on the take. But they were actually really taking the screws in these relationships, too. They had more game than maybe even we realize. And that's how we went from hearing that. Maybe it was more than just the five million dollars that had previously been rumored by, uh, you know, by the Bidens getting raking in five million dollars in this deal. But that it was actually perhaps five million dollars for each Biden, for Hunter and for Joe. And so that's where, as we continue to get more details, we see a broader picture of what went down, how it went down and how this actually continues to grow and expand into something more than what we had previously understood. That's why it's important to kind of work through all this evidence as we get it. We'll continue to do that. I'm Brian Mudd, and for the great one. Mudd Lovin. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example... Average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 8774-GOLD-IRA. That's 8774-GOLD-IRA. 8774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. 
it allows Congress to investigate by giving Congress the full power to get the information they need. It, it's the way people should go about it. Yeah, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy talking about an impeachment inquiry. That's where this whole thing is trending, is towards an impeachment inquiry. We're not quite there yet, but back-to-back days, McCarthy's been talking about it. A lot of his members, uh, many of his members at this point, are talking about it. And there's an overwhelming amount of evidence here. And part of what McCarthy is saying is, look, We've got these committees. They're doing some good work. We're learning a lot through these investigations, the House Oversight Committee, the Judicial Committee. But to get everything we want, taking it up that next level, an actual impeachment inquiry into President Biden, that would get us perhaps everything else we need. And when you start taking a look at the need for whatever information is out there, it becomes obvious, right? Brian Mudd in for Mark Levin, and we've been talking throughout the course of the first hour about the Biden crime family and about some of the additional details, including details we have learned today as the walls continue to close in. But one of the big details, the coercion detail, and where the Bidens actually wanted more money, even more money than the Burisma CEO was set to pay Hunter Biden to have Joe as vice president fire the Ukrainian prosecutor investigating Burisma found out that basically they got double the payday for that. That disclosure form, the FBI disclosure form released last week, ties together how the FBI has been part of the collusion in this entire process. So we know that the FBI was aware of the Hunter Biden laptop in 2019. We know that the FBI verified the authenticity of it by March of 2020. And the details with this confidential human source deemed highly credible by the FBI that I have detailed, that information was provided to the Federal Bureau of Investigation on June 29th of 2020. And what happened? What happened in a presidential election cycle in a year where they had all this information? Oh, not only did the FBI from on high not investigate it, they obstructed the investigation of it. A lot that we've learned. We'll continue the conversation. Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mark Levin. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All the people that Joe Biden claimed he never had any dealings with or didn't know, there are pictures, there are text messages, there are emails. Uh, there's evidence uh, through and through that shows Joe Biden knew these people. He spent time with these people and he communicated. Well, look at that, huh? That is none other than James Comer, chair of the House Oversight Committee, who has done 
remarkable work so far. Incidentally, you take a look at some remarkable work. When we had all the wranglings that were going on over the speakership back in January, seems like almost a lifetime ago within this Congress, doesn't it? There are a couple of things that I ended up painting a picture of, including on this show a, a time or two around that window as well, which was a Kevin McCarthy. His record was really strong. He actually had a really strong conservative voting record, had one of the strongest records in voting with President Trump of anybody in Congress and likely wasn't the rhino so many were painting him out to be. And, and you take a look at what's happened here so far. Man, McCarthy has stepped up and we see the difference having a strong speaker can make, especially during a time like this. And second, one of the reasons that I was concerned about things continuing to get hung up in the early going in January was, look, we need to get these investigations going. Because in folks like Comer and Jim Jordan, getting them on the case, getting them working was important because time is of the essence, right? Getting the information they need to begin to make the case to lay out what's really happened, whether the Justice Department will ever do its job here or not. That was really important within all this. And it's proving to be extremely important within all this, as we are seeing the walls slowly close in on the Biden crime family. Brian one Brian Mudd in for the uh, great one, Mark Levin. I'm the host of the Brian Mud Show, WJNO in West Palm Beach. Check out the Brian Mud Show podcast daily wherever you get your podcast. Check out my blog as well, the Brian Mud Show. And also anywhere that you do social, you'll find me at Brian Mud Radio. So you can check that out as as well and follow, stay connected. As we dive a bit further into some of the details that we've learned of late with the Biden crime family, we have some of the hard disclosure evidence that is coming into play. Talked about the FBI's disclosure form that was released last week. The disclosure evidence that helps ties together Hunter's quote unquote business dealings with the income he chose not to report to the IRS for rather obvious reasons beyond tax evasion. Here's something else that is important to think about in the context of Hunter's non-tax reporting. Why is it that you had Hunter Biden go from having previously reported taxes to just, I'm not, I'm not going to be re- reporting taxes. Now, there there would have been some thought that, oh, you know, he was just so into his crack and everything else. I mean, he didn't know what day of the week or month or anything. You can travel down that path. But again, Hunter, according to his own accounts, he started doing crack when he was 18. I don't doubt that things ended up getting worse with time. We've seen the videos, right? Try not to watch too closely any of it. But why was it that suddenly he went from filing taxes or at least partial taxes to I'm just not going to be filing a lot of stuff anymore? Well, wouldn't that be because of where the money would have been coming from plus we know that there was the use of the shell companies now and we know that the fbi indeed has covered all of this up right along now some will still allege that these sources that continue to emerge these records 
the, the sources could all be lying. The records could somehow or another be be incorrect. But then ask yourself again. This is where the case becomes exceedingly simple. How else did Hunter get these jobs? How did Hunter retain those jobs for years? How did Hunter get paid what originally looked like millions, but now you start adding up everything that we have begun to understand? We're now talking about tens of millions of dollars for the Biden crime family. And yet you take a look at what the Democrats have to say about this. Entirely disinterested. None of it's true in their mind. They're perfectly okay taking the position that somehow or another Hunter got those jobs, got the millions of completely legitimate means. And anyway, Hunter is is not Joe Biden. And yes, Hunter's admitted he did some things that were wrong, but it was not Joe. Right. How did Hunter get paid all that money and for years? Even if somebody gave him a job and paid him a little money for a short period of time because they're thinking, hey, maybe if we get Hunter, dad will do a, a favor for us. If the dad didn't do a favor, why would he stay on for years and why would the money train flow all that time? You got to answer that question as well. So you, you see to the point of Mark Levin's newest book that will soon be out, The Democrat Party Hates America. I don't know how you could Turn the other way with all of this that is known with the current president of the United States and not hate this country. I think Mark's on to something there, right? I think Democrats probably do hate America because they damn sure care about their own party and their politics more than they do you or me or any principle that this country was founded upon. Every single elected Democrat by way of their Words, their actions, and in some cases, inactions, they do seemingly hate America. As we have seen that the current president of the United States literally sold our country out, literally sold us out. And that the Federal Bureau of Investigation is complicit. But hey, how about those Trump charges, right? I mean, yeah, bad, bad orange man. You know, be, be sure to get that guy. You know, for a long time, defenders of the Bidens have said one thing. Where's the proof? Well, that form, that FBI disclosure form is is part of the proof. I know not everything in that now disclosed form is corroborated. But again, the question is, if you don't believe it's true, you, you still must answer how Hunter got those jobs, why he was paid millions for years, how the FBI and IRS whistleblowers all have independently produced evidence which corroborates. And here's the next part of it, right? So as we have two IRS whistleblowers, as we have a FBI whistleblower, as we now have three art related whistleblowers, as we are about to have a former Hunter Biden best friend and business associate, you notice how every time we get a new piece of information from one of them, it corroborates. It's not like there's a conflict anywhere, not with any of it. All it does is help paint the picture and tie it all together. So how do you explain that one? And on that note, what we have is an undeniable pattern of preferential treatment. And boy, it's got an impact on you. One of the things that's important in all of this is it's not just about justice, right? It's not just about the fact that our president is corrupt and probably doesn't know what day of the week it is. It's that there is an actual impact on you. I'll get to that. 
any objective observer or for that matter, even remotely honest person who has paid any attention to what's happened in Washington, D.C. in recent years would know that there has been an undeniable pattern of preferential treatment for Democrats who've been running for president. In the case of our current occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue became president. We've gone from James Comey's no reasonable prosecutor speech when depicting the various crimes committed with classified material Ill- illegally stored on, on personal servers owned by Hillary Clinton, stemming from her time as Secretary of State, which included the wrinkle of obstruction of justice and destroying the actual f- physical evidence, to Donald Trump being indicted for storing a fraction of the classified material at Mar-a-Lago. We've had Crackhead Hunter Biden miraculously become a board member for a corrupt Ukrainian energy company, paying him millions while his dad was vice president with Ukrainian oversight. The demanding of the firing of the Ukrainian prosecutor. The threat of the loss of foreign aid if it didn't happen. Meanwhile, we've had Donald Trump indicted over hush money payments to Stormy freaking Daniels. Yeah, we've had the crackhead son become business partners with Chinese Communist Party-controlled entities, which paid him and the big guy millions, while his dad, we are told, sat next to him, providing the leverage needed for the payday. And now we're about to have Donald Trump indicted for what? Insurrection? Is that what the grand jury is going to come back here with any, any day now? And that's not to speak of the, at this point, theoretical Joe Biden classified docs investigation. Seriously, does anybody actually know if that special prosecutor is even with the living? I mean, is this like a, a Clinton kind of situation where you know the, the, the people involved just kind of go missing, never hear from them again, and then maybe somebody in a ditch somewhere finds somebody? I don't think it's going to be as obvious as like, you know, the one that was taken out in the back in Washington, D.C., but. I mean, seriously, when was the last anybody ever heard of the special prosecutor or that investigative team on Joe Biden's classified docs? You know, maybe that case will just be closed about the time that Trump's indicted for whatever the Atlanta D.A. decides to charge Trump with. Maybe having had the audacity to be born. I mean, did you were you born? Yes. Guilty. Am I come up with an. Charge in, in Atlanta about that or something. There's no doubt been an undeniable pattern of preferential treatment received by the Bidens. And that's exactly what the IRS whistleblowers testified to before the House Oversight Committee last week, along with the information that the previously anonymous IRS whistleblower was a 13 year IRS special agent within the IRS's criminal investigation division and happened to be the lead investigator in that entire situation. Oh, with the added information that he's a gay Democrat married to a man. And according to, you know, the said whistleblower, Hunter Biden should have been charged with a tax felony because in his experience and by the letter of the law, everybody who has ever done anything along the lines of what Hunter did are charged with that. And as he also pointed out, contradicting the Democrat Raskin, the ranking member on the committee, Anytime a felony is recommended, you must charge the felony over the misdemeanor, which is how we know that Hunter Biden was under charge for what he is involved in the sweetheart plea deal uh, for that goes before a judge tomorrow. So you have the gay Democrat who's married to a man who also said the prosecution 
didn't follow the follow the ordinary processes, threw up deliberate roadblocks to impede the investigation, blocked investigators from being able to interview key witnesses. Yeah, the homosexual whistleblower also call for something that many of us have called for. And for quite a while, a special counsel to be appointed specifically targeting Hunter Biden's activities. Oh, and yes, the potential involvement of his father and the obstruction of justice from the Justice Department itself. It is fun when the Justice Department is obstructing justice. Meanwhile, the the non-gay Democrat who's not married to a man, Shapley, who's been public and vocal in recent weeks, testified that prosecutors deliberately concealed evidence from Hunter Biden's laptop from the investigators. He testified to the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware, holding up all the necessary investigative functions like the issuance of search warrants until after the 2020 election. He said the warrants were ready in April of 2020 and nothing. And yes, the straight Chapley testified that, in fact, Hunter Biden's iCloud account contained the WhatsApp messages with several Chinese communist controlled executives. Isn't that fun? Yeah, we'll pick up there. I'm Brian Mudd. And for the great one, Mud Lovin. You know a company is looking for you when they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it. This is great news, and for new and current Pure Talk customers, Pure Talk just added data to every plan and is including a mobile hotspot with each one, with no price increase whatsoever. Now, if you've considered Pure Talk before but haven't pulled the trigger. Take a look again. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk text and a 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month, folks. This is why I love Pure Talk. That also happens to be veteran-owned and only hires the best customer service team right here in America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast to make the switch to Pure Talk and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, go to puretalk.com, enter promo code L-E-V-I-N Podcast and make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. We know a lot about what Joe Biden's involvement was. Uh, we're at the point to where we need people to come in under oath and uh, go into more detail because I think all roads point to Joe Biden. I think any reasonable American would see that. Yeah, all roads lead to Joe Biden. And yeah, that any reasonable American would see that. So uh, Brian Mudd in for the uh, great one, Mark Levin. And as we are detailing the walls closing in on the Biden crime family on today's show, we learned in the IRS whistleblower testimony last week that Biden's iCloud account contained the WhatsApp messages that had previously been rumored with several Chinese communist-controlled executives, including the prodding of those executives for money, and yes, with his dad, with old Joe sitting next to him. And as Oversight Committee Chairman, that you just heard from James Comer, stated at the onset of that hearing, the committee has uncovered 20 shell companies used by the Bidens to funnel over $10 million from foreign interests in China, Ukraine and Romania and an influence peddling scheme. And the two whistleblowers, their testimony, it corroborated those findings. So where's the justice? Where is justice? 
And so, yeah, you had ranking member Jamie Raskin. He made the case that, well, it was served because Hunter Biden pled guilty to a misdemeanor tax charge and a felony gun charge. He, he is uh, going to get a, a diversion program for if the judge tomorrow accepts the BS plea deal. And so, yes, I mean, that's that's the extent of this. And it in no way is a reflection Hunter's action uh, on, on Joe. So, yes, he still wants you to believe that the whistleblowers are wrong. That Hunter Biden became a Burisma board member making millions through legitimate means. Ditto the Chinese Communist Party and also with a Romanian taken down for corruption in Romania. So, yes, there is an undeniable pattern of preferential treatment for Democrats. You don't need to be an IRS special agent investigating Hunter Biden to know this. You just need to have your eyes open. Even a hint of intellectual integrity. Everyone should listen to or read the testimony of those two whistleblowers because it does speak directly to everything those with a hint of intellectual integrity already knew. And the reason that all of this matters is you. Because it is easy for people to think that this stuff doesn't really matter to them beyond just the politics of it all. But it does. Because don't we know that the Justice Department targeted the Tea Party and conservative related groups over a decade ago? Don't we know that you had parents at school board meetings that were targeted? What about Catholic churches? Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. You know what companies looking for you when they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it? This is great news and for new and current Pure Talk customers. Pure Talk just added data to every plan and is including a mobile hotspot with each one with no price increase whatsoever. Now, if you've considered Pure Talk before but haven't pulled the trigger, take a look again. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk text and a 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month, folks. This is why I love Pure Talk. That also happens to be veteran-owned and only hires the best customer service team right here in America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST to make the switch to Pure Talk and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. Make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. The New York Post says Archer plans to testify that Joe Biden attended Hunter's business meetings in person and on speakerphone up to two dozen times while he was vice president. And the American people may finally hear directly from the source, U.S. Attorney from Delaware, David Weiss, into how the DOJ handled the federal probe into the president's son. The Justice Department says it, quote, believes it is strongly in the public interest for the American people and for Congress to hear directly from U.S. Attorney Weiss on these assertions and questions about his authority at a public hearing. Yeah, so that's all interesting and some new developments that we're hearing about. It does lead one to wonder with how Weiss's story has changed over the course of time. Why the DOJ is now so confident in him testifying. That should be interesting at whatever point that happens. And it is likely to. That is Fox's Brooke Singman there with some of the updates today. 
Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin, as we've been talking about the walls of the Biden crime family slowly moving in on them. I was talking about how ultimately this does matter to you. It's not just about the politics. It's not just about right and wrong. It's not just about the Constitution, although it is ultimately about the Constitution when it comes to you as well. But it is something that really can hit home for you if there's not accountability here. Because we know an unaccountable Justice Department has already targeted Tea Party groups, has already targeted concerned parents attending school board meetings, has already sought to investigate Catholic churches for quote-unquote suspicious activity that was brought to the light of day and that was forced to be rescinded. At least in theory. And what we got to be mindful of is, is these are just the alarming examples of an abuse of power to protect political interests at your expense that we know about. Just the ones that we know about. If the DOJ gets away with this undeniable pattern of preferential treatment, including stuff that is all out there in the light of day, because the one big difference what happened when the light was was shined on the Tea Party targeting? It was exposed. It was stopped. And actually, you even had the Justice Department that had to settle with those directly impacted and those Tea Party groups. What happened when the targeting of concerned parents at school board meetings was brought to the light of day? It stopped, right? That activity was rescinded. There was a semi-apologies, whatever. And ditto more recently, with the Catholic churches at that Richmond, Virginia field office. But if we now get to the point where you have open corruption and at the highest level, and that's cool. No longer do they go, okay, we got a real problem here. Yeah, you're right. You know, we, we need to, to change the way we do business. What does that mean to you? Because if there are obviously wrong and corrupt influences acting on behalf of the president of the United States and his son, and they have, at their own pleasure, taken those types of illegal actions, improper actions against you, will it it really stop when it's targeting you the next time? And for that matter, what would the implication to the First Amendment be in the future? It's much bigger than just the Bidens. The principle here is extremely important. Let's go to the phones. We got Alex WABC in Brooklyn. Alex, welcome to the show. Hey, Brian. Thanks so much for taking the call. And the, the evidence exists not only that, you know, Hunter got money from the Chinese and it was bribery money. They were in the hopes that they were going to get favors from the Bidens in the future. The fact that he threatened this Chinese executive to give him money, you only threatened to get the cash if you did your, your, your side of the deal, which is what Hunter did. And that's why he was demanding the money. But I also I also wanted to say about Kevin McCarthy and the impeachment of Joe Biden. I don't think that that's a good idea because I want Joe Biden to be the nominee of the Democratic Party. He's the best shot we got at winning in this general election in 2024. So we got to keep him. But it's so crazy to see these Democratic politicians where first they were saying Hunter Biden is a saint, is the greatest guy ever on the map. And then he pleads guilty to, you know, lying on the application 
when he was getting the gun and the evidence came out that he got money from foreign countries and like, oh, maybe he's not such a good guy, but Joe Biden didn't know anything. But they had to acknowledge sure. that. And after, but Joe Biden didn't know anything. And then the evidence comes out that Joe Biden did know about yeah. the dealings of son ads. And, and that's now. And they're saying, oh, well, Joe Biden didn't have anything to do with the deals. What's up with these people? Why don't they want to be ahead of the curve? Well, there you go. Right now, yeah, Alex, look, uh, you, you, your points are, are good ones. Your, your line of thinking, uh, I, I think it, it generally is, is sound there. And I think you also know the answer. It's kind of like a rhetorical question about why this has all been allowed to happen. And it's interesting in, in the context where you're talking about with, you know, Joe Biden, that you want him to be the nominee next year. One thing, you know, I'll say about that. I understand how it would appear as though Joe Biden is the best bet for whomever the Republican nominee happens to be next year. You take a look at his approval numbers or the lack thereof. You you take a look at the guy that is a walking, bumbling, cognitive mess. But the one thing that I never take for granted is we never know how an election is going to go until we get there, right? I mean, think about what Democrats thought in 2016. They wanted Trump. They they got Trump, didn't they? You know, they want Trump again. I, I almost think one of the, the great ironies, should Donald Trump become the Republican nom- nominee? And of course, he's the overwhelming favorite right now. The Democrats and, and their allies in the news media, they want this again. And it does feel an awful lot like 2016 in, in that regard. But I, I do caution people to be careful what you wish for, because what happens if the election were to go that way? I don't know that I would want to envision another four years in this country with Joe Biden as the president of the United States, or because I don't think many of us think he could make it another four years. Who is behind door number two? I don't think we want to envision that situation either. So I do caution people against uh, traveling down that path necessarily, though I understand the logic behind it. John in uh, Syracuse, listening to WSYR. John, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brian. I have a different take for you, and I appreciate your call screener, by the way, because he's the only call screener in America that would let me on. I believe that Joe Biden is the Manchurian candidate. And the reason I say that to you is because of the corruption, deep corruption. We talk about the deep state. And Rush Limbaugh was still alive. He talked about it every day. We have a deep, deep state that is so corrupt that the Manchurian candidate, Joe Biden, is run by gangsters. Romania, gangsters. Ukraine, gangsters. Russia, gangsters. We're talking about the Democratic Party being held in place, will not open their mouth when they know that their president is corrupt. I'm telling you that I'm watching the book play itself out, the Manchurian candidate, right before the American people's eyes and what's going on with us. The other thing is this guy, Jack Smith. Andy McCarthy wrote an article about him last year. It said he's Barack Obama's pit bull lawyer whose seething hatred for Donald Trump will continue right up to the day of the election in 2024. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, look, uh, I I wish I could argue 
your your point. I, I wish I could take the other side and, and argue against what you said, because it, it, it does speak volumes about where we are. I can. You know, one thing that's interesting, you know, a lot of right along, a lot of people are wondering, you know, hey, who who's really pulling the strings? Right. It's a common question. And, you know, whether it is, the, you know, the, the Biden's being rather evidence at this point to be at a minimum beholden to foreign interests, none the least of which are in China, our biggest adversary. You can't help but to notice the Obama effect, right? And I think many people right along have suspected as much. How many officials within the Biden administration were Obama officials that just bounced right back into those posts? One of the things that's interesting in terms of symmetry, too, you know, I was just talking about the targeting of conservative groups and those that maybe feared to be aligned with with conservatives. The IRS targeting, well, that obviously happened of the Tea Party groups under the Obama administration, right? And then we don't know anyway about this type of activity popping up again until when? Well, it would have been the school board meetings, right? It would have been the concerned parents. And that would have been pretty much as soon as Biden became president. So it's almost like, okay, well, you know, Trump goes away. And while we know there are deep state corrupt influences within the Justice Department and various different agencies, you don't necessarily see that type of activity showing up again that's coming after us. But as soon as Biden's in, boom, we, we see that pop up again. Then more recently, you know, the the Catholic churches, uh, you know, that they want to be targeted by the FBI field office in Virginia. So there are a lot of a lot of details that work together that way. And yeah, nothing would surprise me because I, I don't think any of us necessarily think that day to day Joe Biden is the brains behind the operation. That is whatever makes this administration go. Let's go to Mike in Pensacola. Uh, Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Uh, All good. Back to Hunter and his uh, uh, his artistic skills. It uh, I just got a whole different take on how this. You know, the the dealer said there's a non disclosure, and the White House put out their big thing about that all the the buyers are anonymous. But who's to say the buyers uh, can't? say, oh, look, I just picked up this half-million-dollar piece of art. Wink, wink, uh, especially the one that just got appointed, uh, you know, when all her visits to the White House, you know, she could just say, yeah, how coincidental is that? You know what I mean? No doubt. And this is where it's important to have this information that comes out. This is actually something that, you know, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has talked a lot about. You've actually heard um, House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer along with the Judicial Committee Chair, Jim Jordan, say something similar. We're not going to get out ahead of the facts. If you've heard them talk about this, even though we have had a lot of information that points to a lot of what we found out, they don't want to front run the facts based upon leaks and rumors. They want to get hard evidence. They want to get on the record testimony, right? So you have these IRS whistleblowers. Not only do they have to pay for their being in D.C. on their own, they don't have people that are backing them in this deal and putting their careers on the line and everything else. But you have them now on the record, right? So, you know, they go to jail if, if they lie. 
that provides another layer along with the additional information records that have been produced and everything else. And so that makes everything more credible as we advance through this. There have been a lot of rumors about the art and who was paying for it. And maybe it turns out that, you know, there are like some Chinese actors that were involved in it up to this point with what's been leaked that we learned about today from three sources that were involved with Hunter Biden. It may not have necessarily been that right. It might've just been, Hey, Hunter wanted some money here. One of the things that we don't know and we can't discount is a, what their financial situation is B what day-to-day greed is. So, you know, and, and on one hand, you have some folks that want to take a look at everything as maybe being like some kind of grand master plot or that, they become so tied in with corrupt actors around the world that it is this constant back and forth process with money flow and laundering, those types of things. But it also just could be, uh, hey, a hunter has run out of money on crack. And so I'm going to you know, sell some new art or something and I want a million dollars. And it's going to end up being from somebody that the family knows well, that's been a longtime Democrat donor and that wants a presidential appointment. Right. I mean, that's kind of what we're hearing about now. So there are different levels within all of this. And that's why it's important to get these facts. It's why the investigations are important. And as I always talk about, there are two sides to stories, one side of facts. And we'll be back with more of them in a moment. I'm Brian Mudd. And for the great one. Mud Lovin. You know, a company is looking for you when they actually upgrade your service. And don't charge you for it? This is great news and for new and current Pure Talk customers. Pure Talk just added data to every plan and is including a mobile hotspot with each one with no price increase whatsoever. Now, if you've considered Pure Talk before but haven't pulled the trigger, take a look again. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk text and a 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month, folks. This is why I love Pure Talk that also happens to be veteran-owned and only hires the best customer service team right here in America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST to make the switch to Pure Talk and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. Make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. Inflation has indeed come down, uh, has been, uh, has, has come down the last 12 months, uh, and uh, that's important. That's what the data has showed. Uh, that is important, and also while wages are going up. And so this is by now. Uh, yeah, that's by And the, the data, data has showed. So a uh, green Jean-Pierre there. She doesn't even sound convinced by that message either, right? And she's usually pretty good at just saying whatever she feels she should say. But even on Binomics, she's having a hard time there, it would seem. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. We will continue to talk about the walls closing in on the Biden crime family. But just on Binomics here for a moment, you know, Binomics is absolutely a bust. Macroeconomics is complicated. Personal economics, not so much. And it's easy to see why President Biden's Binomics road trips and messaging has been a bust. Because I've always said that you can lie to people about policy and what it'll do. And those that are inclined to believe you might for a while. But you can't lie to people about what is or isn't in their wallet. Because, well, they, they know. 
And yeah, the unemployment rate is low. Yes, a resilient U.S. economy managed to stave off entering a recession the first half of the year. But now what's happening at home wants families to pay the bills? Not good. Not good. And the overall impact of Bidenomics has been anything but like the sunshine and lollipops. Uh, old Joe or Kareen uh, ends up parroting there. So we have a little detail on this. Uh, Bidenomics, as Joe said, it's just another way of saying restore the American dream. Well, people aren't feeling it. Biden's average approval rating on the economy is 38% right now compared to 58% disapproval. Net approval rating on the economy for perspective, that is 13% lower than it was under President Trump in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. And the reason why? Pretty straightforward and simple. You know what the compounded rate of inflation is since the day that Joe Biden became president? It's now 18%. Yeah, you're paying an average of 18% more for the average thing you buy over the day that he took over. And if you take a look at just the first two and a half years of the Biden administration, the compounded inflation rate is 10% higher than the four-year compounded rate of the Trump presidency. In other words, two and a half years, Biden has done 10% worse than four years of Trump. The average American net of inflation, 6% worse off under Biden so far. The average American under Trump, 7% better off. So, yeah, quality of life, it's a thing. And Biden can lie about Bidenomics, but can't lie to people about what isn't in their wallet. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. The president has said all along that he's never spoken with his son about his overseas business deals. But now the White House is putting it a little bit differently. First, it was Ian Sams. He's the spokesman for the White House counsel's office. And he was the first to say that the president was never in business with his son. I asked him about that when it happened back in June, why the phrasing was different. And he pointed me to a question and answer that happened that same day in the briefing room where Kareem Jean-Pierre was asked if it was still true that the president's never spoken with his son. And she said that day, nothing has changed. 
That is Fox's Jackie Heinrich reporting there as we see that the White House's story is starting to change a little bit as the walls have slowly been closing in on the Biden crime family. We're starting to hear a shift in messaging. It is slight. It is subtle, but it is there because, wow, how can you at a certain level ignore what your line eyes must be telling you. So as we take a look at all the various different pieces, as we've talked about through the first couple hours of the the show this evening, every time you turn around, there's more every time it's a, but wait, there's more. And that's because as more information comes public, more sources are being revealed. And as more sources are revealed, the information corroborates with other sources in other agencies or not in any government agencies, just witnesses with knowledge. And that is how the walls slowly but surely close in. This is going somewhere and maybe it will be the impeachment inquiry, which House Speaker Kevin McCarthy over the past couple of days has been floating. We'll see where that goes. But if nothing else, The average American is becoming far more informed. And I'll talk about that through the course of this hour as well. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. It is always an honor and a pleasure being here with you. I'm the host of the Brian Mudd Show, WJNO in West Palm Beach. You can check out the Brian Mudd Show podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out my daily blog, the Brian Mudd Show. Appreciate it if you take it, you read those stories share them with others, and help inform the masses. A lot of content that I put out each and every day. And you can also follow me at Brian Mudd Radio anywhere socially. Any social media site, you will find me at Brian Mudd Radio. Yeah, so let's talk about the, but wait, there's more. So to kind of tie up a lot of the pieces that we've learned in the House Oversight Committee's investigation so far, along with some of the newer details that we've learned as recently today, as we talked about the art sales and information coming out that there appears to be quid pro quo associated with the art deals with a presidential appointment. But we already knew that when Hunter wasn't doing dirty business with crack and crack whores, he was doing dirty business with corrupt energy interests in Ukraine, Burisma, in China, the State Energy HK Limited entity. That was the actual name of the corrupt Chinese energy company, State Energy HK Limited. And we know that he did it using his father, the then vice president, with oversight of those countries every step of the way. But as it turns out, the dirty deeds weren't isolated to crack. They weren't isolated to whores. They weren't isolated to Ukraine and to China. Because as we have had more details that have been revealed by the House Oversight Committee, you had James Comer, who recently led a detailed overview of how their investigation has produced the detailed bank records showing far more intricate and extensive influence peddling than we had previously guessed or known. The investigation thus far has produced a a detailed overview of the over 20 shell companies set up exclusively for the purpose of funneling 
greater than $10 million to the Bidens, 15 of which were set up immediately after Joe Biden became vice president of the United States. This is something else. As I talked about, it's important for these investigations and it's important to get the facts because every time we get more information, it's actually bigger. You know, there, there's never been a point where there has been a new whistleblower, a new document that's been produced, and the investigation into the Bidens got smaller. Every time there is more to the story, it seems even bigger than what had been rumored or guessed previously. One of the more fascinating aspects that has not really been discussed with these shell companies is that 15 were immediately set up after Joe Biden became the vice president of the United States. This was all new information of late. And what that tells you is what? While we know that the whole Chinese and Ukrainian thing didn't happen until later in the Obama presidency and Joe Biden's vice presidency, they had laid the groundwork for shenanigans right along. Joe got the job of vice president, and it's time to make some money, right? So there's no telling what we find out. So this next level information, did they just have 15 shell companies that were immediately set up after Joe Biden became vice president and nothing happened with them until we get to Burisma and to the Chinese interest and to the corrupt Ukrainian actor they were involved with? Maybe. We don't know yet, though. And by Biden's, one of the other things we found out is we've talked about the Biden crime family. It's far beyond just Hunter and Joe, right? Because the investigation revealed that a minimum of nine Bidens, nine, were on the take as part of the international influence peddling scheme. And as was detailed, the Bidens were consistently about a third of the financial equation. Meaning that what? They were a third potentially of the operations that were going on overseas at any given time. That's interesting as well. And yes, top Chinese Communist connections were detailed to have been heavily involved. But it didn't stop there because we also didn't know until recently that the Bidens had been in business with that corrupt Romanian convicted of corruption in Romania. And so one of the more important documents, it's one that came out, I think it's almost a month ago now, was a 36 page memo that the House Oversight Committee released where this information first became public and it contained hard facts the actual bank records you can actually see the bank records it's right there for anyone to see one of the more fascinating things has been like with actual bank records you can look at and from the department of justice not having done anything from the fbi specifically under the doj not to have have done anything to those that have theoretically been reporting news, not to have done anything with this, right? It's really fascinating, right? So you begin to see how the fix has been in right along, including with their allies and news media. Which, again, to me, is, is fascinating to see Insider, the media outlet formerly known as Business Insider. It just goes by Insider now. It's a well-left-of-center entity. That is the one that had the expose today on the Biden art dealings. 
you're beginning to see maybe the media start to do their job. And the only reason they will do their job is because they are going, hold on. These walls are going to close in on the Bidens. And if this is going to happen, we need to throw him and them overboard before we get to November. Because once you get into November, you start to run up against hard deadlines for any Democrat candidates for president to get on primary ballots next year. So that's why this window of time right now is so, so important for accountability. But speaking of accountability, the FBI, they're not accountable. You're not entitled to the information. You know, one of the more fascinating things that's happened, and we've talked extensively about the Biden crime family, and while Christopher Ray's FBI continues to cover for the Biden crime family's activities, which is, of course, what provoked the FBI whistleblower to provide the Senate with the disclosure form that Chuck Grassley released in the Senate last week. They continue stonewalling and providing you with the truth in, in other ways. So, for example, you'll likely recall that we had the FBI field office in Richmond, Virginia, the, the memo that was targeting Catholics. We, we briefly touched on this last hour. Well, one of the things that happened that really didn't gain much attention, there's a uh, freedom of information request on that that was made by Catholic vote to obtain the information about that whole situation. Because remember, up to this point, all we've had is Christopher Ray testify and say, yeah, that was really awful, and it stopped. I made that go away right away. But did it actually happen? Were there actually any individuals that were specifically investigated? What activities did the FBI carry out related to that? Well, when Catholic Vote reached out with that freedom of information request, you know what they were met with by the FBI? This is a quote. The public is not entitled to the records. The public is not entitled to the I mean, that is fun, isn't it? Again, leave all of the Biden crime family stuff behind. The FBI illegally targets Catholics violating the constitutional rights of all involved and then has the audacity to say that the public isn't entitled to the records because I'm confused. I I thought the government worked for and behalf of of us. I mean, kind of like silly me, right? I guess for not realizing the federal intelligence and investigative apparatus has just become an authoritarian, post-constitutional, dictatorial regime. And so... My message for the FBI would be this. You're not entitled to a single tax dollar from any of us. And aside from firing the entirety of senior leadership within the bureau, if I had to vote right now, oh, I would absolutely vote to defund everything associated with you unless systemic changes were guaranteed immediately. And that would be tied to that money. Because not only are we entitled to those records, we are entitled to our constitutional rights. The Federal Bureau of Investigation operates as as though we don't have them and now has the audacity to tell us point blank that they don't exist. What shouldn't exist is the FBI is currently constructed. And then you take a look at what today has brought up. And there's this is something that's interesting. There's a deadline today. The House Judicial Committee. For the FBI to provide the information to the committee that they refuse to provide Catholic vote. 
This is a request made by Jim Jordan in that committee. Last I saw, they had not complied with that. So will they? I suppose there is a little time left in the day today. Will they comply or will the FBI just continue to lie? And again, that is why I say all this ultimately matters to you. When you have corruption that is so pervasive, everything with the FBI that was allowed to persist from the Steele dossier, the FISA warrant request, the entire Trump-Russia collusion narrative, to where we are today, right down to the targeting of Catholics. There's no accountability anywhere. Where does this all go? Pick up there. This is Brian Mudd, and for the great one. Mud Lovin'. It just shows what a bad position we were in. The two IRS whistleblowers highlighted that, in fact, the FBI knew of Hunter Biden's laptop in 2019. We're talking about a letter that was October of 2020. Yeah, I mean, not a good look, is it? That is Representative Jason Smith. He's on the House Oversight Committee. Brian Mudd in for Mark Levin. So we've been discussing the revelations associated with the Biden crime family and talking about the lack of accountability with the Justice Department, including the FBI. And one thing that seems to be starting to happen is that it's catching up with all of them. The walls closing in on the Biden crime family. It's getting to the point to where people, including news organizations that are historically sympathetic to them, starting to show signs that they might actually, I don't know, report the news. But also, as it pertains to us, us regular American types, I fashion myself as a realist who errs on the side of optimism. And in that context, do you think the U.S. Department of Justice is motivated by partisan politics? So that was a national poll question posed a few days ago by Sinclair Media. All right. Do you think the U.S. Department of Justice is motivated by partisan politics? And in this national poll, what did the respondents answer? Overwhelmingly, yes. Eighty percent. Eighty percent. The respondents to that poll said they believe the U.S. Department of Justice is motivated by politics, which I think is interesting in addition to encouraging because it's a sign that most people, regardless of political persuasion, they at least have their eyes open enough to see that our Justice Department isn't operating on the level. But what it seemingly indicates is the extent to which people are also uninformed about the Biden crime family festivities. And to that end, at the time this poll was released, again, this is a few days ago now, I just did a spot check of the usual suspects in news. What was the lead story with NBC News? Top headline, Trump grand jury to hear testimony from aide who was with him on Jan 6. Top ABC News headline, Jan 6 grand jury convenes. Top CBS News headline, Trump adds new attorney to legal team for 2020 election probe. CNN's top headline at that time, 
Florida's new standard for teaching black history sparks outrage. I mean, heck, at least they deviated from Trump to take a crack at Florida, which is absolute bullcrap. I'll touch on that here in the second half hour. But I mean, hey, uh, what I, I didn't see on any of this homepages, by the way, anything to do with the whistleblowers, anything to do with the hard evidence of Biden corruption, anything to do with Justice Department collusion. But Americans already know enough to know the Justice Department itself appears to be corrupt. Filling in with just a little information, especially if the mainstreams are going to start doing it, you could see things happen fast. I'm Brian Mudd, and for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call him now, 877-381-3811. Today, there are those in our nation who would prefer to erase or even rewrite the ugly parts of our past. Those who attempt to teach that enslaved people benefited from slavery. I know this will not surprise you, but she's full of crap. Yes, the the vice president is is full of horse poo. So I'm not going to get into all of the details right here. Brian Brian went in for a Mark Levin and my home state is Florida. I've covered this extensively. In fact, if you want all the facts related to this, I do a daily Q&A. And my Q&A today, what actually changed with Florida's black history curriculum? Here's a, a hint. The issue, the slight change in any of the changes in the curriculum were extremely minor. In fact, there are really only two that anybody even said boo about. But one in particular, instruction includes how slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. That one in particular isn't just a matter of historical fact. It is almost verbatim what PBS's documentary on this, The Conditions of Antebellum Slavery. It's almost verbatim. What PBS teaches on this subject, quoting PBS. Many enslaved people developed and passed down skills. Huh. Shut the front door on that one. The state of Florida, their board of education, almost quotes PBS. And somehow or another, PBS, it's cool. But Florida, all those racists. Yeah, it's trying to whitewash slavery. So full of it. So anyway, if you want the facts, just the facts, you can go check out my Q&A of the day today. What actually changed with Florida's black history curriculum? You can get it, the uh, Brian Mudd Show blog, and also the uh, podcast that I did on this today as well. All right. Speaking of things that uh, they're out of whack. The Democrat Party in general, right? Mark Levin, the great one, his new book, what is sure to be a number one bestseller. In fact, even on pre-order right now, it's already uh, a number one bestseller on Amazon. So, yeah, the Democrat Party hates America. It's out in September. Pre-order. Get your copy now. Make sure you don't miss out on this. Make sure that it is the number one bestseller in the country so that nobody can ignore it, despite the censorship efforts of 
you know, entities like Target that try not to carry the book, despite every one of Mark's books becoming a number one bestseller. Just the shenanigans that are out there. Make sure you go ahead and pre-order your copy. You can pre-order it on Amazon right now. All right, let's go to uh, Tony in Clifton, New Jersey. Tony, welcome to the show. Hey, Brian. Thanks for spending your night with us. Thank you so much. Great it's a uh, it's a pleasure. It's uh, it's always something I look forward to when uh, I am blessed with the opportunity. So, you know, I I love your presentation tonight. And I just had one question on Joe Ziegler, one of the whistleblowers. I did listen to a lot of his testimony and something struck me. And I will have to go back and listen again, but maybe you'll recall. He did say that in his investigation, he was actually doing another investigation. And then the name Hunter Biden came up. I don't know if you remember that. It wasn't as if they were specifically targeting him, you know, in his investigation. And I, I thought that was amazing. So he said yeah. that briefly in his, do you remember that? Yeah. So, you know, what you say is, is interesting and important. And actually, I'm going to you picked up on something there that is is highly instructive and it pertains to the special counsel. So, for example, let's take the two docs cases. Right. So we've got the, the Trump classified documents case and we've got the theoretical investigation that exists with Joe Biden's classified documents. You had the Attorney General Merrick Garland appoint two special counsels on this, right? We're going to invest. And, and the appearance was, well, these things are going to be equitable. Okay, well, they weren't. And the reason is, as you saw, the special prosecutor with Trump oversight was given the broad authority by the Attorney General. So what he was granted the authority to do was to go after those Trump docs, but also if there is anything else you see, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, that you th think might could be remotely interesting, you know, bad Orangeman Trump stuff, you know, like J6, go get them on that too. So you actually had uh, Jack Smith being given the broad authority to go out there and yeah, the docs case, but then anything else you see is fair game in Trump world. And so now we are, you know, is facing an imminent situation with what likely will be, you know, insurrectionist charges brought by a grand jury and, and that whole deal stemming from that same special prosecutor, that investigation. Well, the theoretical special prosecutor in the Biden docs case was not granted that authority. His authority was limited to the classified documents and that alone. And so that alone kind of gave you the idea. And so when you start talking about some of the, these investigations, you talk about Ziegler. Okay, well, he wasn't even necessarily investigating what he came across pertaining to the Bidens. Now, what can we do with the information and the evidence? And when this has been presented on high, what did we find out from all of the whistleblowers involved so far? They shut it down. Not only were they not, granted broad authority to continue to follow the potential crimes wherever they would lead them, which is what any good investigative body would do. But you actually had FBI officials from on high, you had DOJ officials from on high make that stuff go away. Some of the details, and this is fascinating when you start to take a look at some of the inner workings of the actual 
uh, testimony of the IRS whistleblowers, for example, they were actually told they were going to interview Hunter Biden uh, back in 2020. And this thing was put off by their bosses. And they ended up being told that they were going to sit outside of the House and wait on Hunter Biden rather than actually going to the House and conducting the investigation, which is how this would ordinarily happen when you are going to be interviewing a witness. And guess what? Hunter Biden never came. Imagine that. So they never had that interview. Biden wins the election. That whole thing goes away. There's so many things along those lines. And so, yeah, you pick up on an, an, an instructive and an interesting detail about how these corrupt entities have worked with under the Department of Justice and the authority of the investigators that are involved and what's been granted by those who are in positions of power. Let's go to Leo in Colorado Springs. Leo, welcome to the show. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. Um, I told the uh, call screener a couple of things. <clears throat> One is when they start the real investigation, the forensic accounting of all this between the Biden cartel. It's I've said this before. It's going to end up being hundreds of millions of dollars. It's going to go back to his, his days as a senator. And they've been... He's just been lying in his pockets. But the other part that I came to a realization after seeing him stumble and fall and doing his things is kind of hit home um, that he's not going to live to see the next election. He's going to end up falling, stumbling, hitting his head because one of his handlers won't be able to get to him in time. And they're going to have to remove him from office. And the reason I say this is my parents... Uh, suffered with dementia, my my mother more so. She went in, uh, one day she was sitting here talking as clear as you and I. Next thing I know, she was in the um, old folks' home, and she passed away less than three months later. It was just bing, bang, boom. And I think that's going to happen here, and once Camilla becomes president, God forbid, um, Uh, the next election is going to be a shoe and it doesn't matter who we put up from the Republican side. Well, I, I, I never take any of these things for granted. Um, I am cautiously optimistic because it's necessary about what might happen uh, next year, regardless of who the nominee is. I do believe, by the way, uh, that the arguments that, that Trump can't win or whatever else, I, I, I don't buy that. And then I have statistical analysis that can back that up. But a couple things just to hit on, on some of what you said. It is true that every time we have had more evidence that has been produced, the money trail has gotten bigger with the Bidens. So what's the view of the possible? No telling. And would it surprise me the least if Old Joe had been on the take in some capacity going back to his early days as a senator. No, it wouldn't. But until and unless there's any evidence of that, what we know to this point, we've we're in the neighborhood of 20 plus million dollars now. So there's actually corroborating evidence pointing to at least 20 million dollars of what appear to be illicit gains by the Biden crime family and perhaps more in, in time. So I do think it's important to stick, uh, you know, just specifically with the facts. Let's go to Mark in Independence, Missouri. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Brian. Uh, I totally agree. The Republicans are doing a solid job investigating rampant 
fighting corruption. Hope they keep going. But I would hope at the same time they would put forth a positive agenda and also maybe follow Mark Levin's lead of pointing out just what a dastardly bunch these Democrats are. They, they want nothing short of tyranny. They want elections to be meaningless. Uh, they're using the hoax of climate change. They're coming after our water heaters, gas stoves, dishwashers. And during that first two years with Biden and he had a Democrat Senate and House, they put so many oppressive regulations on us. And that's what they want to do. They want to basically get us under the thumb. They're coming after coal, oil, natural gas, nuclear, and they're pushing electric cars. I wouldn't doubt Biden has some money coming here from the the Chinese who are making big profits on cobalt mines in in Africa. I mean, we're up against an evil in this Democrat Party. And, And the Republicans, like I say, are doing a great job. But. I would hope they would take a page from Mark Levin's book or many pages and just point out what a group we're up against. Just some easy yeah. Well, and, and Mark, question for you, because, uh, you, you know, you, what, what you're saying has merit for sure. You're wanting a, a more positive uh, message or a message about what they're, they're going to stand for. Uh, do you have a, a preference for president next year? Oh, yeah, Donald Trump, no doubt. Okay. Do you think that he is laying out the appropriate vision? I do. I think his first term, he showed us what his vision was with tax cuts, regulation reduction, making the border secure with the Abraham Accords, a record low unemployment for African-Americans, Asians, Hispanics. You did so many great things and basically keep it going. And uh, yeah, I think he also wants to drain the swap and go after these Democrats who being a, well, be a and Mark, I, and I appreciate that. And and so here, here's kind of where I'm going with that. So you are actually getting the message. And if you listen to Trump when he is is out and about, uh, you will get the positive message. Yeah, he is hitting on the Bidens and, and whatever else. But he is also constantly laying out his vision for the future and what he believes needs to happen from a policy standpoint as well. And uh, that that is your answer. So the part of what goes on right now, you have a vacuum, a power vacuum in the Republican Party, because who is the leader of the Republican Party? When you are not led by an incumbent president, there tends to be that jockeying for position. Now, obviously, Donald Trump is still very much in a leader posi- leadership position within the Republican Party, given his commanding lead. At this point in the process, but until and unless he is the actual nominee, you're not necessarily going to have that just adopted as the overall message. But if you think that's the right message, then ultimately that is where this is trending towards the next election. And that will be a big part of what is is going to be run on by the time we get to uh, to November of next year. I'm Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mud Lovin. We're going to close the border. We're going to get rid of all of the criminals that have been allowed to come into our country that are causing us tremendous problems and terrorists that are going to cause us problems for many years to come. We are going to create the greatest economy. We're going to become energy independent. Energy prices are going to go way down. That's going to take inflation down. Yeah, see, Trump is out there with this message. That was a uh, recent interview with Fox Business's Maria Bartiromo. And so you'll you'll hear more of that. The noise continues to win out for the most part, but you are hearing a lot of that vision from him. Brian Mudd in for Mark Levin, and 
Talking about the walls closing in on the Biden crime family, corruption within the DOJ and all this. It's frustrating, but it doesn't look like it's working all that well. And not only are these investigations beginning to produce so much evidence that it's hard for now even some mainstream media outlets to ignore it. But also, there's a backlash that is growing among the American people. You know, it's one thing to be a historically poor president. It's another thing to be a historically poor president and have your administration arrest the former president and top opposition in the next presidential election. It's a whole other thing to be a historically poor president whose administration has arrested the former president and top contender for the next presidential election, all while ample evidence is produced showing that what you had done in conjunction with your son to personally profit off of the second most powerful post in the country is a bridge too far. It's a bridge too far, and it's not working politically. So Trump does appear to be benefiting politically from what's happening here. You know, there had been a lot of talk, like after the the hush money indictment in New York, and then more recently after the federal indictment on the docs charges, After that first indictment, you had kind of like the rally around Trump effect, and you saw a boost in Republican primary polling. And a lot of Democrats that are rooting for Trump to be the nominee because they think he is the most beatable, they're all excited about that. However, what we've seen more recently is something a little bit different. There actually is the potential with how this is all playing out and the two-tiered system of justice For a national rally around the Trump effect. So today, the Messenger Harris X poll that came out shows Trump of four on Biden head to head nationally. Hey, two weeks ago, that poll showed the races being tied. On Election Day 2020, that poll proved to be accurate, actually showing Biden up four points on Trump. Biden won the popular vote by four and a half percent. So what we've seen is a huge eight-point swing over two years ago, four of those points just in recent weeks on what we've had playing out here of late. Obviously, polls, hypothetical matchups for November next year at this point don't mean a whole lot. But what it is is a temperature check about how this stuff is all playing out. And there is a backlash that is brewing against the Bidens. And Trump, he is on the charge. And he might be in charge of the race as well. Have a great night. It's been a pleasure. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin.